This is Way Down Deep with my mom, Elizabeth Cantrell. People say there's no place like home, and for me, that is definitely true. My husband, two boys, and I live in southwest Georgia, surrounded by dirt roads, pine trees, peanut, and cotton fields. These are the stories of why we moved back home and why we choose to stay. Hey, everybody, and welcome to Way Down Deep. On today's podcast, we talk about our littlest baby having his eight-year-old birthday, um, a little family history from my side of the tree, and all that goes into trying to make somebody's birthday really special. Y'all know it's never boring. Thanks for listening, and welcome to Way Down Deep. Birthday boy. Just like nearly every other woman I know, tonight after I got home from my full-time job, I started my second full-time job. On this particular evening, in addition to the typical routine, supper prep, supper cleanup, laundry, and homework assistance, I also peeled eight pounds of russet baking potatoes. Loaded baked potato casserole is one of the essential side items requested for Colin's birthday dinner. The menu also includes fish sticks with honey mustard on the side, steamed broccoli with homemade cheese sauce, and something he calls ranch salad. The recipe for ranch salad, for those who are curious, chopped iceberg lettuce, ranch dressing, and croutons. For dessert, He's asked for a Dairy Queen ice cream cake. I got this. I've always enjoyed peeling potatoes. I like the weight of the potato in my hand and the way the textured, rough, dirty outside peel looks after it's been scrubbed. I'm so easily satisfied as the clean, wet flesh of the potato appears with one effortless pass of a sharp vegetable peeler. There is something rewarding about the way in which the long strip of peel falls away from the potato and into the scrap bowl. It amazes me that something so small and simple is such an integral part of our family history. My great-great-great-grandfather's immigration story is that at around 14 years old, and to escape the Great Irish Potato Famine, Jeremiah O'Driscoll stowed away on a boat sailing from County Cork, Ireland, for Boston, Massachusetts. He had a distant relative that lived in Boston, but aside from that relation, he knew no one and had nothing. Over time, he made his way to Alabama, and it is from his bloodline that I am a descendant. The O'Driscolls are, at least in my imagination, everything that they sound. A hearty, no-nonsense people who love music and dancing. They have a flair for the dramatic, are quick with flashes of hot temper, and are hard workers. With my red hair and fair skin, I've always relished my claim to a little bit of our Irish heritage. What must it have been like to leave everything he knew, both home and family, hide on a ship, sail across the Atlantic, sneak off the ship, and find yourself in a completely new place? Clearly, he was unafraid to take a chance, 
to set a new course for himself. He was independent in spirit and possibly defiant, too, because five years after he arrived in America, he signed his naturalization papers, quote, I, Jeremiah Driscoll, he dropped the O by then, relinquish all allegiance to foreign powers. And then he added in his own hand, quote, especially to the queen. Colin, named with his Gaelic forefathers in mind, is in the final hurrah of what we have termed the birthday bonanza. Feeling a little guilty, Jamie and I wanted to be sure Colin's eighth birthday felt like a big deal. Although he doesn't mention it ever, Jamie and I don't want Colin to feel as though he gets overshadowed by his big brother. So last weekend, we celebrated with a Saturday of surprises. A delicious Italian lunch at a mom-and-pop restaurant in Tallahassee, then ziplining at the Tallahassee Museum, after which we saw Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse. We rounded out the evening with a hot Krispy Kreme donut pickup on the way home. Not for lack of trying, Cantrell extravaganzas never quite go as planned. Colin loved the Italian restaurant, making fast friends with our waitress. At the museum, he seemed excited about zip lining, but once we all got harnessed up and started navigating the instructional course with our leather gloves, C-clamps, and pulleys, he had grave misgivings. The instructor kept calling him Buddy, which he hated. His adventure came to an abrupt end after he failed to break himself mid-zip and slammed into a well-padded tree trunk. I knew we were in trouble right before he jumped off the platform to zip himself into the tree. He screwed up his little face into a serious frown, looked at me through gritted teeth, and said, I don't want to do this, Mama. And my name is not Buddy. So, Jamie and Jack zipped the course while Colin and I played on the playground. Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse was quite good. However, the fight sequences were so bright and flashy and psychedelic, I was pretty sure I was going to stroke out before movie's end. I closed my eyes sometime before the climax and didn't open them again until the movie was over. By the time we left Tallahassee around 11 o'clock, I was certain we had satisfied all possible birthday wishes until we pulled into the garage at home and Colin said, I'm still going to have birthday dinner at our house on my actual birthday, right? Why not? A person only turns eight once, and the older I get, the faster it all goes. There is no metric parents can use to determine what it is that will warm the hearts of our children when they are middle-aged with families of their own. For me, I hold a mishmash of things dear. Pops letting me drive the blue truck down the dirt road. The Valentine's Day that Mama surprised Jenny and me by being home when we got off the bus with a homemade heart-shaped Valentine's Day cake. My grandmother letting me pick out just one thing at Winn-Dixie. I always picked the tubes full of strange-smelling plastic solvent that one squirts on the tip of the tiny plastic straw, which, when blown very carefully, inflates the goo into a balloon. So, I'm peeling potatoes for someone's birthday supper on his actual birthday and thinking of Jeremiah O'Driscoll 
and the Great Irish Potato Famine. At the time I found out I was pregnant with Colin, Jack was seven. Jamie and I were convinced we weren't going to be able to have another child. As excited as I was, my pregnancy was a blur. I was teaching full-time, had Jack to look after, and I was considerably older than I had been the first time around. The January night before Colin was born, the temperature dropped below freezing. Meteorologists were calling for an ice storm. That afternoon, it began to sleet, and road closures seemed probable. Dear friends in Albany called and offered their guest room for the night so that we would be that much closer to the hospital the following morning. Jamie's parents were already in town. They'd driven their camper from Ackworth and were staying just down the road at a pretty quiet campsite on the banks of the Flint River. My sister-in-law Keisha and my sister Jenny spent the night at our house that night so someone would be with Jack early the next morning when Jamie and I left for the hospital. Disappointed already that the baby was to be a boy, Jack was brokenhearted that we refused to name the new baby Peter Parker. He was unsure about all the change coming to the house, so having his aunts spend the night was a balm for a frustrated seven-year-old soul. I was to be the first C-section of the day. Unable to sleep with excitement and anticipation, Jamie and I left the house in the pitch-dark pre-dawn. Freezing rain pelted the windshield all the way into town. The bottoms of low-hanging clouds reflected back the streetlights, throwing a weird, eerie glow into the otherwise dark sky. Suddenly, a transformer exploded over the wet road just in front of us, showering sparks ahead of our passing. This baby is going to be something else, I said, knowing, as only a mother can, what omens like showering sparks portend. If bringing a brand new, life-changing little bundle into the world can ever be described as routine, Colin's delivery was. I went into the operating room at 8 a.m., and by 8.25, he was here. The doctor announced, Looks like you have another redhead. Colin was long and lean, all acute angles. His complexion was clear, peaches and cream, but his feet were blue, which the doctor reassured us was relatively normal. I still believe that means he's marked for greatness, for something special, something extraordinary. That evening, Colin's pediatrician pronounced him perfect and then sat down with us to watch Auburn beat Oregon to win the BCS National Championship football game. I dressed Colin in an Auburn onesie for good luck. In the wee small hours of the night he was born, Colin awakened me with a strong, determined cry. He was dry. He didn't want to nurse. The temperature was just right. I woke Jamie. Do you think I should just hold him? That really seems to be all he wants. He doesn't need anything. Jamie lifted his head and said, Uh, I don't know. Whatever you think. Fluffed his pillow and went back to sleep. Colin was fretful. He didn't want to be swaddled, and he kept stretching his arms out of his blankets. What do you want, little guy? I asked, sleepy and still moving slowly. I picked him up and cradled him in my arms. Looks like it's just us, I whispered. 
His little face was so expressive already. I eased back into the hospital bed. You know you can't sleep with me, right? You have your own bassinet. I'm just going to hold you for a minute so we can get to know each other. He settled right in. I'm not sure how quickly we fell asleep, but five hours later, I awakened with him still in my arms. For the next three years, he rarely slept out of my arms. Consequently, I don't remember a lot from 2011 to 2014. Zoom, zip, bam, and here we are at eight years old. Colin is a creature in motion. He is a whirl, a breeze, a flash. He is our independent thinker, our norm challenger. Not unlike Jack, he is a tender heart. He is thoughtful and ponderous. Quick on his feet, strong in his arms and legs, his heart is big and holds many mysteries. He is curious, mostly about science, and asks questions about states of matter and supernovas. He loves music, especially the trumpet. A fan of good food and a good joke, he makes friends wherever he goes. Our next-door neighbor calls Colin the governor and professes that Colin is a born politician. If that's true... I hope he always keeps that part of himself that will announce on the way to school in the morning, Whoa, Mama, look at the sky God painted for us today. It's something, isn't it? Colin is not afraid of the devil. He is mischievous and stubborn, hot-tempered and brave. And I am quite sure his great-great-great-great-grandfather, Jeremiah, is so, so proud. Hey guys, thank you for listening to another episode of the Way Down Deep podcast. Tonight's episode, Birthday Boy, was written about our littlest one, Colin Cantrell, who just turned eight years old. The extravaganza is over. Oh, finally. thank the Lord. It's like a week-long birthday jubilee. Okay, seriously, did your parents ever... Have like, like a have birthday jubilee? No. Well, okay. So mine did not. Just so you know, mine did not. So and, and I'm all and I'm fine for it. Like I have no permanent damage because we did not have birthday jubilee. So we had basically because of scheduling, we had to um, do Colin's birthday a week early, pretty much. The week, well, the weekend before his birthday, because of the. To be honest, we felt a little guilty because we were going to have to do Colin's birthday early, because we had gotten Jack tickets to the Billy Joel concert yes. in Orlando yes. on Colin's birthday weekend. Yeah, we so b- we, were we like, bought the tickets what? for Billy for Billy Joel for for Jack's Christmas present, and then and it was like to be not fair, not even immediately. Like it was like five six days later, we went. Oh uh-oh. wait a minute, actually. We didn't even realize it until we were talking about going to Billy Joel. And Colin said, you guys are going to Billy Joel on my birthday? And we were like, uh, it was like the record scratch. Yes. What? So anyway, we had to go and do Not birthday. that we forgot his birthday. His birthday is no. on the 10th. And it was like on a Thursday. Right. So typically, 
we would have celebrated it that weekend, but we just celebrated the weekend before and we had the extravaganza. And all I want to talk about for the extravaganza, we had a marvelous dinner at this great Italian restaurant. If you live in the, you know, relative area where we do, highly recommend you go check out Z Bardi's in Tallahassee. It's the real deal. It was delicious. Great service. So good. Fair prices and so good. And Mom and Pops. Why did we go there? Because I looked it up on Google because Colin said he wanted spaghetti for his birthday dinner. So I Googled Italian restaurants in Tallahassee and this one was rated like a billion on Yelp. Yeah, but it wasn't just spaghetti. He requested specifically <laughs> he something else. Calamari. Had to have calamari for his birthday, and you found that place. And it was I awesome. Did. It was so nice. And our waitress, whose name was Michelle, by the way, was super, super nice. She was great. And so, really made Colin feel special. So that was a hit. Then we go to zip lining, which was more yeah. like a But dun, 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 hold on, back to your back to your other point. For for my birthdays. When I like when I was a kid, first of all, it was a Saturday for maybe two hours. And if it was super fancy, we had it at the McDonald's where the game was to take the styrofoam burger containers, and that was one of the games you played. You stacked how high could you stack? Eco friendly, yeah, right, exactly. Nineteen eighties, baby. But I have to tell you, I'm a little jealous because we, I don't, I didn't even know that was an option. But my point is, he had this whole like. We, McDonald's birthdays. We spent all day Saturday. We were exhausted. I was I was dead tired by the time we got home. But like when I was a kid, it was like literally two hours. Friends show yeah. up. It was we have cut some the presents. cake, answer the pre- uh, open the answer presents. Answer the presents. Answer. And it's your birthday. And that's it. Done. Right. And my mom and dad, we really, like I had, don't get me wrong. I had friends. I did. But the problem is we lived out in the middle of nowhere. And so in order for us to have a birthday party, like our friends would have to come from literally like 40 miles well, away. So we really... Birthday party in Hooterville. Nice. <laughs> Can I tell you something about my birthday parties in Hooterville? I just want to stop for one second. Jimmy Birch was a cousin of my dad's and mine. And so one year for my seventh birthday, he made this amazing cake. Mama had gotten these Wilton pans. Um, what pans? They're called Wilton pans. What? I think that's right. Wilson, is that like the Wilton. company? That, what, what is that? Yeah. They're a pretty, it's a fancy schmancy baking company. Oh, okay. Clearly you've never baked. No. Anyway, they were very nice and mama had found them, I think on sale. And so she had these pans and she made the cake. But Jimmy had taken a class in cake decor, cake decorating, and he made the decorations for the cake. So I had basically a wedding cake for my seventh birthday, and it had green roses on it. And he piped, happy birthday, Elizabeth. And my birthday parties were basically the people in our community. So it was like me at seven, my sister at two, and like, 15 people over the age of 65. That's how our birthday went. Good times. That's how Halloween went. That's how Christmas went. All of my friends were gray-haired people. And well, they were awesome. Can I just say one more thing? Jimmy also made me a Barbie cake. You don't know anything about Barbie cakes, but they have a doll and the whole cake is her dress. Like, the doll sticks out of the cake and the... the I've never, never seen that. Oh! <gasps> 
That's creepy. Oh, it was so fancy and beautiful. I thought Barbie it was the cake? coolest. Okay, so we're, anyway, we're getting off topic here. Colin had Colin from ten had, o'clock in the morning. Colin had an expensive birthday extravaganza. We did all of this in Tallahassee because that's where all the stuff was, and that's like an hour and a half away from us. So we rolled back home at about midnight. It was like more like eleven-ish. Okay, it felt like oh, midnight. Oh man, I was so tired. But anyway. But literally, he says not one word on the hour and a half drive back from Tallahassee, right. right? Like, he's out. He has had delicious Italian dinner. He has ziplined slash played on the playground, mostly. We've gone to the movies. It's right. late. I think he's dead to the world asleep. We pull into the garage, and that baby says, we're still going to have birthday dinner on my actual birthday, though, aren't we, Mama? I know. It's like, like, what? Are you kidding me? And so, what did I say? What did I say to my tiny baby Colin? Of course we will, sweetheart. That's right. Because how fast is this whole childhood thing going? Can we just talk about that for two well, shakes? Yeah, that's, that's, the, uh, that's the other thing about the story is oh. how, how old it makes us feel. But So we, he had a great birthday. And he the th- did. The thing I liked about your story was, um, like I always, sometimes I see your titles or whatever before i read the story and i think i know you know what it's going to be but i loved the um how you pulled in um uh, the driscoll's and how you Aww. you talked about that and I, I, I didn't see that coming when i when you first told me you're writing about <laughs> well, Colin's you. birthday. can i just tell you that has always been a point of pride i think for my mother and my grandmother that you know we had this ancestor who basically shystered his way onto a boat right and came to america and then he went through the naturalization process but times were very different back then but you know i i know it's cheesy but i really do every time i peel a potato i think about how many lives were lost because of the great potato famine and how so many lives were changed i did a little research over 1 million people lost their lives in Ireland in that late 1840s, mid to late 1840s, due to this great potato famine. And over a million people immigrated. Oh, wow. So, you know, the Irish people suffered a great deal during that time period. And it's just, it's a huge point of pride for our family that um, we are from Ireland. And, you know, we have this very kind of fun story about our ancestors and how well, we got started it's here. It's definitely a cool story. And that was, of that's what was cool about... By I, the I time didn't... it gets down to me and Colin, we're like, we're mutts, right. you know? <laughs> and, but still, we can claim a little bit The other thing Irish that blood. I learned in the story, like, I did not know you loved peeling potatoes so much. Calm down. <laughs> it seems like over the holidays... Okay, literally, I have made baked potato casserole three times. And I have tried not to eat it because that you talk about you can gain ten pounds pretty easy right. eating baked potato casserole. I thought you might interject about how I made baked potato casserole with eight pounds of baked potatoes. Yeah, it was, uh, and it was way too much like for I, our family. I remember after the, the but after we, have we got seven done, people, have, yeah, after we had, we had dinner people. that night. We still had three quarters of a pan of <laughs> of the potatoes left. So. We did. 
It's so good, so rich. But it was. But we talked about that before. You have a little bit of an issue with portions. Yeah. Judging. I always, always at put Christmas extra. time you made cookies, and I think we ended up with four hundred and ninety cookies I or had something to throw like some that. Cookies away, which I'm embarrassed. Please cut that out. Don't tell people I threw away food. But nobody ate them by the time Christmas was over. It was like. Who wants a snickerdoodle when you can have red right. velvet cake from Yaya? Not this girl. So, so in the story, we talk about do you Colin's birthday. Let's talk about the zip lining for for a minute because that was we thought he he liked the idea <laughs> of it, and it was. But I have to be. I could be honest with you. When we started doing the, when they first of all they got us on the harnesses, then they take us to the briefing training zone. It's a little complicated for you to figure out how to get your pulley on and how to get all your stuff. And I could see, like, as she's talking, I could just see Colin's face. It, it's just I like did too. he he just did not have the capacity to the patience to. Can we just and, just, and our and our guide was not. She was great. She was so sweet. She was sweet, but Colin was not a fan. Our guide, she was great. But she was either a high school student or had just graduated from high school. I think she was high school. I think she was. And so she didn't really have the patience. It's like I told you. She kept explaining to him how to do it, but she never changed the way she was explaining it. So he didn't understand. He wouldn't get it. And then she would explain it exactly the same way, like over and over. And it's like, look. You know, he, you don't have children. And he's not getting it. Let and me explain it to you. What was worse was we got admonished <laughs> for trying to jump in and help. Well, probably because she's got a lot of parents who come in and they're like helicopter parents and they're like, no, 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 let me do it. Right. So she was doing what she'd been trying to do. Well, I think he was just a little young for that course. He was. I really do. So, but can we can we back up for two seconds because I just want to tell you because you didn't know this. I'd been planning this zip lining thing for like a year. Of course I knew that. I I've thought, heard you every time we've talked about doing anything coming up with plans for something, you always tried to sledgehammer in us going zip lining. I like that you say how subtle I am by using a sledgehammer metaphor. I know, That's let's go lovely. zip lining. Let's go Stop. zip lining. But I really thought Colin would love it because it was outdoors. It was a beautiful day. Yeah, that it, was day. Good. it was great weather. You know, we hadn't seen you in a couple of weeks because your work schedule has right. been a disaster. That's a blog post for another day. But we were so excited just to have you with us and be all together. Right. (laughs) But I will be honest. I did not research how much it was going to cost. So when we had just, we had just finished this. I had forgotten that part. I just want to bring up, we had had this lovely lunch that was not inexpensive. No. Because. Okay. No, let's go back to that. So you, the night before, you, I said, did you find a place for us to go eat? And you said, yes, I did. Looks great. Moderately priced. I think it'll be perfect. I, I know. I, you're looking at me. I'm like, okay, great. Kids go. It was great lunch. We had a great time. You and I had a glass of wine. Kids were having a great time. They bring the bill. A little pricey for an eight-year-old birthday. I mean... <laughs> Okay, it was, but that waitress was no dummy. We got there for lunch, and she said, 
if she doesn't, like and them. she doesn't go to us. She goes to the boys and goes. Now, would you like the, the lunch, lunch portion, portion or the dinner, or dinner portion? Because the dinner portion's a, a better size. It's a little bit and bigger. And you could take some home and have it for lunch tomorrow. So, and so, Colin so, was like, definitely the so most they, expensive yeah, so, thing. So they get the dinner. They all get the they get the dinner portions, which ran everything up. But then we well, get to the zipline place. Right. I had no idea. I had not looked at any of the prices. Well, you had not told me. To be me. fair, I really didn't pay that much and you attention. And talked, we talked to the lady. We kind of, she tells us you should probably do zone one because that's right. the easiest. And you and the boys go on through right. into the lobby. And she goes, all right, Mr. Cantria, that'll be $145. I was like, what? And Jack said that you literally, now this is Jack, okay? So I went on through with Colin Jack stayed back with you because you guys were like manly men or whatever. And Jack told me that the lady said, okay, Mr. Cantrell, that'll be $140. And he said that you said, I'm sorry, what? Yeah, I did. No, I did. I I absolutely did. I said, I'm, I'm sorry. What was that? What was that amount? $140. I was like, what? But the good news was when Colin slammed himself into the tree because he didn't know how to break his zip line. Right. He was done. Well, and we had not even gotten on the course. We were on the instructional, like try it out right. and see so, how you so like it. So that happened, and then you very quickly said, "Well, you know what, Colin? Why don't we let Daddy and Jack go do the course, and I'll stay with you?" And at that moment, because I, I, we didn't know how it worked, I was thinking, "I just paid a hundred and forty dollars." <laughs> For you two to sit on the ground and watch us, I was I was thinking that that was probably why they luckily had the, the girl, course. yeah, luckily she, she, they were very. But did you hear what she said? She yeah, she goes now. Once you guys go up that ladder to start, you do not get your refund. So if you go up to the very first platform and don't even cross over to nope. the next platform. You've committed to the whatever. But what was funny was she told us that, like we were still standing on the ground, and Colin was like, Mom, I don't want to do it. Like yeah. he was flat, oh, he, yeah, and he, I was not going to make the child no, do it. Well, he was it. not a fan of it. And her. it was complicated. I mean, it, it, there was a lot. They make it look so easy on television. Right. Right? Right. But it's a little tricky. So he, we probably should have started at the beginner level, not intermediate. But whatever. We saved you 70 bucks, and you're welcome. You're welcome. Well, that's good, because then we went to the movies. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, seriously, it's like you just, oh like the gosh. whole day, like it's just hemorrhaging cash everywhere we go. Thank we, goodness we had gotten some Christmas go to the movies. money. I can't even remember how the tickets were. Like ten seventy five. But then and then we go to the concession stand. And, the, okay, let's back up for two shakes. We get to the movies... And we pick, and we're like at the line, and we're early. We're like an right. hour early. And I said, we'd like four tickets to see oh, Spider-Man right. into the Spider-Verse. Yeah. And the lady says, I'm sorry, ma'am, we don't have four seats together. And yeah. I said, from who? Like, I'm looking around at like an empty movie theater. Yeah, and she said, right. everyone's bought their tickets online. online. And in our theater, you can pick your seats. And I was like... Wait a minute. Since when is this the theater? Like, since so we, when is this the? So we had. So the two boys oh. had to have. They had two seats together. So we put the. the they got those two. Which they were nervous about. And then about. we sat like, behind oh. them, and we didn't even sit together. Yeah. I was on one side of the theater. You were on the other side of the theater. And until okay, so let's say the movie started at seven thirty until right. seven twenty-five. It was us. I know in we, the movie theater, now, just the four of us. The cool thing was it was the nice theater with the reclining. 
I've seats. never been and in after a theater that, like after that. After all the activity, that was awesome. That was amazing. But like, you're right. Until like four minutes before the movie started, it was like, this is and not going to fill up. Why? But it did. Field. Completely, there was not a seat left. Completely up. In five minutes, they let in like 150 yeah, people. Yeah. It was crazy. And the movie was good. I mean, I liked it. Excellent I, movie. I really was. I really thought I, I was when you said we were going to see spider-man yeah. i was like yeah oh, i was great. too i was like oh. but no it was really good but that's what colin wanted to see and it, the storyline was good the writing was good the movie itself like the cartoon was good except <laughs> except it is it is loud like there are some parts that are loud but i loved the soundtrack that didn't bother me any animated movie that starts with biggie smalls that- oh my gosh so I was sitting next to this guy who was probably 20 years younger than me. And you know how you get wrapped up? Like, we're both theater people. Jamie and I right. are both theater majors. So we we tend to kind of just suspend our disbelief and go with it. And so when the movie starts, the soundtrack begins first. And it is um, Biggie Smalls. Oh, shoot. I can't. Not Integrity. What's the name of the song? We listened oh, to it the next day on the way to school. I can't remember that. I don't can't remember that. Oh. I just know it was Biggie Smalls. Can you Google it while I talk about it? Because that's going to drive me crazy. What am I Googling? Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse soundtrack. And it was Notorious B.I.G. And it was Hypnotize. Yeah, yeah. What? Yeah. Straight up, I got that right from the 90s. So it starts out with this wicked downbeat. And I knew I recognized the song immediately, and yeah. I was, and I turned to the kid next to me, and in my brain I was thinking it was you, but I was so like wrapped up in the music, and I was like, "What?" And the kid next to me looks at me like, "Uh oh, what's the deal, lady? Old lady, freaking out!" <laughs> right? I was so excited. So yeah, the movie was amazing, but the fight scenes, my only problem, and it's because we're forty. That's why. They were so bright and like strobe lighty and psychedelic, or I, I don't even know how to describe it. Yeah, it was cool. Yeah, they're, but they're it a little just, they're a little over the top. They get a little. I had to close my eyes because I thought I'm gonna have one of those headaches where you start seeing halves. Right, and I was like, right. oh, I can't take it. But it was good. But like I I liked it a lot more. I, I really oh, did not. I, it was a fantastic think I was like movie it. with a great message and a totally. Um, totally eclectic cast. Like it, yeah, it, yeah, it, was, it good. was awesome. I loved it. Loved so we, it. So we did that, and then of course, because we hadn't spent enough money, we left there and went. Well, y'all to, got snacks at the movie, and I was like still full from lunch. So I yeah. don't really know how y'all got snacks. I was like gross. Well, no, thank you. We um, and you know you would think well after the big lunch and after snacks at the movie theater. We could probably call it night, head on home, and somehow but then I was hungry. No, yeah, but I'm, but that, but somehow bef- we had gotten. He had been promised a fourth surprise or something, and it was Krispy Kreme. <laughs> so well, we they had to, the hot sign on, right? So we went to Krispy Kreme, donuts. Uh, but at least I now was thinking, oh my gosh, we're gonna go in here and get donuts and sit down. But we got them, we got in the car right. and left, and we headed home. And, and nobody wanted to eat their donuts on the way home. They yeah, were all really tired. They were tired. So Except, we had them for breakfast the next day. So, so the whole delicious. day was great. And then, so of course in the story you talk about um, the day Colin was born. 
Yeah. And I had forgotten to tell Ridge story. I, I had really forgotten. I had forgotten the part about the uh, transformer. The transformer. I knew you probably would forget that part. But you know why? What, is, what, think, what does that mean? What? I knew you probably would have forgotten. Because well, it was an inconsequential detail. Like it. It doesn't. It sounds like, consequential like, <laughs> in your story. Like it's like. Well, it was to me. Like I don't know that you. How would I not remember that? Well, well you I don't mean, remember it, so I don't no, know. No, but I'm saying, well, like, I wonder why. Like, why do you remember it and I and I don't? Because I think it was. I think it's a female male thing, and I hope our male listeners don't get upset. But if you can try just for a minute to picture in your mind, I left the house. We left at like six o'clock because they said we had to be there by seven to do blood work or whatever. It was freezing cold. It was really rainy. Right. We were leaving our precious... I mean, we idolized our first baby for seven years. I mean, he was our only thing, right? Right. We were leaving him at home to go bring a new life into the world. And we were so blessed. We really thought we were not going to have another baby. And I think at that point, I was... I had sort of made peace with the idea that we were probably not going to have another baby. Right. And that was okay because... How do you get a treasure like a first child and then be so bold as to ask for another one? Yeah, I agree. So I was so happy. But then, you know, it's a momentous thing. Like you get in the car and you're headed to the hospital and you think in just a few hours, another tiny little human child will be produced. I mean, and it, and it, and I was a little, I think you, now this is just me. I don't know what you were feeling that morning, but if it were me, I guess, and I were the dad, I would be thinking, I've got to get this woman and this unborn baby from point A to point B in a sleet storm. Yeah. Well, I think it was a very I mean, the weather was terrible. Okay, we got to get this. We got to do this. It was like, fo- yeah. not even, and I think part of that is. I'm going to focus on all the little minutiae so that I don't focus on what's really happening here, which is we're about to have a baby. Like, Oh, really? Well, it's just, you know, because you, there's just so much waiting, especially for the dad. Like, I'm not giving birth. Yeah, but so you, it's you very, get to be in the operating room for the yeah, C-section. Yeah, but, I mean, but I mean, I'm just saying, like, it's it's a lot of yeah there's only so much it. that i can do you know yeah, see what i'm saying so that. it's easy so if you get your you just busy yourself point. with all the other stuff you know when you could have done something i hate to bring this up you're gonna do this you know when you could have done something when the baby was crying in his bassinet i was very tired it was late night watching auburn win the championship had you had yeah. you had a hard time <laughs> it was rough had it been difficult it was rough and oh you know what i do remember <laughs> i remember in our room we had a room by ourselves but it was like a joint like it was had multiple beds there were two hospital beds and they said you have a private room unless we have another lady who has has a baby and has to have the bed and you were like well until she gets here i'm sleeping in man it was because when jack was born we had like the the bed and the, the one chair so it was like i remember i remember reclining back on that bed watching the watching auburn on the television and for a little bit, I think the baby was in the nursery. Then they, then the, then he came. Yeah, in. they kept bringing him. They kept taking him out and like checking his little temperature right. and things like that. So, and I had dozed off, and you were 
dead to the world in the other room across like across the room yeah i was completely opposite side of the room but here's what you could have done i just want to circle back here we go when the baby cried and i said jamie honey can you have like what no, I no, t- no, 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 no. You didn't say, can you I, help I'm me? I'm pretty sure I said. You said, uh, what should I, do you think I should hold What him? should I do? I did say, what should I do? You literally lifted your head up. And I thought to myself at that point, if I had something that would, that had enough heft, maybe like a potato, <laughs> I'd have slung it at you in a heartbeat. Well, I mean, what was I going to say? You I- were going to get up, get the baby crying out of his crib, hand it to me and say, maybe he wants to nurse. Let me check his diaper. Hours. But you didn't say any of those things. <laughs> it was just hours after winning the national championship. So that took a lot pulling you know what ladies he's a gem and a delight but on these particular occasions hey, no matter what you say and we're not going to go into it in this podcast because it'll probably come back later but that's way better than what i did with jack's birth yes that is <laughs> that's I, all you know what no it's on the same plane anyway i think in moments of crisis you see through the crisis which i suppose in your mind was the actual birth and then you shut down. <laughs> like, you're like, yeah, it's kind of I much. cannot do any more and scene. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Whatever. You know, hey. We survived. And you know what was great about that? If I hadn't gotten up and picked up that precious child, put him in the bed with me, we would have never had three more years of, un- of totally sleepless nights. Do you remember waking up in like the wee small hours of the morning? And we would have like an 18-month-old in the bed with us. And we would both be like, how'd he get in here? Yeah. And he would have yeah. crawled out of his crib, crawled over our footrest to our four-poster bed. Yep. And climbed up between us. Yeah. The child didn't sleep for three years. So, so wrapping up, but the other part that I had kind of, I hadn't forgotten, but it's it's always funny to me. So we have Colin and we come home and Jack's reaction to the new baby he had already been wanting a sister well he said he had prayed for a very long time that he would have a sister right he wanted a sibling and that's when you and i were like "Ooh, if we're gonna have a baby right we should probably get on that and i'm not in I'm not even going to get into all the details of why it took so long, but there was insurance and you had to be on the insurance for a year before you were allowed to even try to get pregnant. And then you had to do, I mean, man, we are some crossing our T's and dotting our I's people, aren't we? Yeah. Anyway, so we started trying to have this baby and it just took a little bit longer than it did with Jack. So Jack was like, what's the deal why cannot i have a sibling but he had prayed for a sister so when we told jack we were having a boy he was devastated he was really upset and then he kind of got over it as any seven-year-old would yeah and then when we started talking about names he was like he wanted to name it peter parker let's name him peter parker which is funny that we went and saw spider-man i know right we're like buddy we're not gonna name him peter parker well, why not? And what was the name he oh. called him when we first came home? Peter Parker. Oh, I thought it. I thought he called him something else. No, Jack. Okay. Yeah. No, the minute he came in and held Colin for the very first time in his arms, right? He called him Peter. That's right. He was like, That's right. "Hi, Peter," and I was like, "Nope, his name's Colin." But he didn't he call him like, something else when we got mm-hmm. home. There, he didn't go to a different name. 
I thought I thought we he was Peter Parker. We said no, and then he tried to name him something else. Am I maybe? I mean, no. I don't know. I have to look back in my journal. Either way, it, so he, literally, he, Jamie Cantrell. I'm telling you, the minute we walked through our threshold with that tiny new baby in our arms, my mind went to some kind of blank fog. Yeah. I, I mean, I really have a hard time remembering. I'm very thankful that my mother took lots of notes because I right. would have forgotten some things. So anyway, Colin Gray, eight years old. Colin Gray is eight years old quite a celebration so we had the um we should probably touch on this after the big saturday outing you did his dinner yeah we did have dinner and his grandparents and his aunt that lived nearby came down we had ranch salad which is his favorite loaded baked potato casserole which he adores that child loves some mashed potatoes And and steamed broccoli don't forget the fish sticks that was the coup d'etat. <laughs> Fish sticks, baby. You lo- Mrs. You, Paul's. You give him a choice. You tell. You literally told him anything you want. Whatever you want for your whatever you want. And he he and he, he stopped. No no no. He stopped and he thought about it. And he was like, okay, we're gonna get some. We're gonna get a doozy here. It's gonna be something. I he didn't goes, know what he was gonna say. Uh, Fish sticks. And his first request was fish sticks, mashed potatoes, and macaroni. Right. And you said, nah, we can't do. You gotta pick mashed potatoes or macaroni. Can't have both. But anyway, we had family came, uh, your parents came over, your sister came over, had the dinner. It was... And he got presents. He got presents. You want to say, you want to tell, okay, You want since we had already an episode this evening, you want to tell what my dad gave him for yeah, Christmas? Yeah, so um, we uh, not Christmas, just, I'm like, his birthday. <laughs> right before we started recording this. Oh my gosh. The two of them were in there playing with his new laser tag set that he got, which is beep, beep, beep. And they so, got right. So I was sitting on the couch. Colin was behind me, and you have to. It's kind of a challenging thing. Like you've got to move that that little. Yeah, it's a little handheld thing. You don't wear a vest or anything. It's just a handheld, and you've got to hit the other and it person's almost looks like handheld a C-clamp kind of thing. It's yeah. not even a gun. Like right. it's nothing like that. It's like a little. It's, so it's weird kind of looking tricky, thing. Which means there's like twice as many shots to oh. try and get to hit the other guy. Colin so, was right behind my head. And I said to them, you have a whole, like you both have bedrooms. You have a playroom. Right. Why are you in the living room with this thing? I think it's and to annoy us. When Colin stayed with your mom and dad this weekend, because we were gone taking right, Jack Billy to Billy Joel, which we're probably going to do another podcast about that because that was <laughs> amazing. Am- amazing. Oh my gosh. Your dad would not let him bring the laser tag to his house. <laughs> he would. He said it was too much. He said, I'm going to... I said, but dad, I don't want him to be on like his video games all weekend. And dad said, oh no, he's not going to be. I'm going to take him out and we'll shoot the rifle. And I was like, why can't he just... He can't bring the laser tag, tag, but we're going to shoot shoot the the rifle rifle out on the farm. Wow. Anyway, it was great. It was a great birthday. I mean, we were exhausted, like seriously. And I was... I was sore for like three days after the, the zipline stuff. You and Jack stuff. were both like, I'm kind of um, glad I didn't zipline. It was. It, it was, looked intimidating. It, it, was, it was. It was fun, and I had a, a good time doing it. But it was <laughs> by the end of the day, it's just like, oh my gosh, can we just can we just be done? So that was fun. The dinner was fun. The story was great. Like I said, you always your stories always. I think I know. Like, oh, it's just going to be about Colin's birthday, and then you tie in the Driscolls, and you know that it's always cool to. Because, like you said, you know, to think about what was it like to come over here, um, you know. So I wasn't expecting that in Aww. Colin's birthday story. So well, that was. Can I tell you one quick thing, and you can edit this out if it's not relevant in the end. 
when I was a little girl, my mother used to tell a story about Jeremiah's son. Okay, so it wasn't Jeremiah who stowed away on the boat. It was his son. He was a traveling fiddle player. He had a fiddle, and he would go around from little country town to little country town in Alabama and play his fiddle for people who were, like, getting married or having a party, like a barn dance or whatever. And apparently, the story is that one night, late at night, coming back from one of these barn dances on an old dirt road out in the middle of Nowheresville, Alabama, he comes up on what he thinks is a man laying across the uh, the road. Right. And he says, get up out of the road. I've got a pass. And the man doesn't say anything. And he says, sir, if you do not get up out of the road, I'm going to hit you with my fiddle. <laughs> I've got to get home. The man doesn't move. And so Jeremiah, who probably had had a little to drink, if I had to guess. Right. Hopped off his horse, goes over to the man, and beats the bejesus out of him with his fiddle, which does two things. Doesn't move him out of the road and and busts up his his fiddle, fiddle. right? The next day, Jeremiah comes back to the dirt road to investigate what in the world all that ruckus was, and it was a tree. A tree had fallen across the road. But when I was a little girl, in my mind, he was like Ichabod Crane. Do you remember that cartoon character? Yeah. And he, you know, had these knobby knees or whatever and his fiddle in his hand. And he just laid well on this tree. Right. And when I was writing the story, I was thinking, I wonder if there's a way that I can incorporate that story into Colin's personality. Because I truly believe that Colin is... The perfect mix of your granddaddy, Shorty, who Colin is named after, your daddy, and this distant Jeremiah O'Driscoll. Yeah. Not afraid of the devil and would lay well on a tree in the middle of the road. Like, I think Colin is like this amalgamation of those two sort of characters in our life. And I think to myself, how lucky we are to watch this. Yep watch this little man yep thank you guys for listening to another rambling from jamie cantrell and me um we sure hope you come back and listen next week because we'll have something else to say i'm sure make sure you subscribe on itunes go there this is so terrible we're begging i hate asking but But, please do please rate (laughs) us and review us because it really does help and we've seen a big difference in the past week um, for subscribers, and if we really want to, you know, get as many people to listen as possible. So, thank you. If you guys. do that, that would be really great. And we will talk to you or be back next week. Have a great week. Thank y'all for listening to Way Down Deep, the podcast that accompanies my blog at elizabethcantrell.com. Sign up for the series and have the blog directly delivered to your email every week. When you have an opportunity, please go to iTunes and review and write us so that we can reach as many listeners as possible. Thanks again, and see you next week.